Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Thanks for your company. I hope you're driving carefully out on those roads. It is very wet. It's going to be wet for the next couple of days. Sporting Goss here till midday. Don't forget tomorrow it is Gilly and Goss. And the Friday focus, well, we threw him down the challenge with the letter G. Um, we don't know what he came up with, but I don't think he came up with what we wanted to. So he's had to, he had to find something else. But he tell you what he has got. He's got an absolute bona fide superstar. Superstar in the Friday Focus with Gilly in tomorrow's Gilly and Goss. Don't forget, join us between six and eight. Over the last couple of days, we've been running a competition and it is basically a who am I, but there's no prize. (laughs) You get. You just purely get the satisfaction of getting it right. 0487-736-736. I played with four clubs. I played in WA. I actually played with five team names. Does that make sense? I am long retired. I played with four clubs. I played with five team names. I played in WA. 0487-736-736. Who am I? I played... With four clubs, five team names, I played in WA. 0487-736-736. Let us know via the text. And don't forget, if you have any phone calls that you want to make today, 131255 is the number. Adam Jones will join us from the WA Football Commission because the State 19s are preparing for a couple of games, one in Sydney and one in WA, and then a couple of games late in the year. These are the young draft hopefuls. AJ Ogle, a big game tonight, 7.30, RAC Arena. Illawarra Hawks taking on the Wow Cats. Evie Gooch, she's crossed from the Dockers to the Eagles. AFLW will be chatting with Evie, the new recruit for West Coast. Frio fans not happy on social media that one of their... Favourites has decided to head to West Coast. She'll explain why. And Ash Prescott and Cam Shepard. Of course, they're coaching on Saturday, the big game at Revo Fitness Stadium at 10 past two. Claremont taking on probably likely to be a depleted Peel Thunder. 
Steve has texted in. Good on you, Steve. 0487 736 736. I played with four clubs. I played with five team names. I played in WA. Do you get it? Moa Man, the Moa Man to the Stars, says Kevin Caton. Kevin Caton, incorrect. Steve says Dale Kickett, incorrect. Let us know, 0487736736. Hey, Moa Man, what's it like to mow grass on a day like today? Or is it a, an edgy type of day or do you pull weeds? Is that what the Moa Man does? Big news yesterday, and we had it all covered on Sporting Goss, was the future and the departure from Collingwood after Monday's game of Nathan Buckley. And it didn't take long for all the jungle drums to be beating. There is a massive push for Robert Harvey, current assistant coach at Collingwood. Will they go down that line, or will they go down the obvious line of a Ross Lyon or an Alistair Clarkson? Ross Lyons spoke on Footy Classified last night. Matthew Lloyd was there, Caroline Wilson, Eddie Maguire. This was the discussion they had with one of the favourites. There's no doubt that the former Dockers and St Kilda coach is certainly in the sights of the Pies, and he responded this way. When I finished, Adelaide did reach out and North Melbourne. I took the calls because they're AFL clubs. There's 18 jobs in the country, and, and that, they deserve a lot of respect. And... and I, I like to listen. I like to have a, a conversation with those people. And I certainly wasn't in the frame of mind, but, you know, it was nice that you got called. It was a show of respect. But if someone called me, it didn't matter. They are, and they are big Melbourne clubs. And I don't like this. David Teague is in a job I think he should see out the year. I should be reviewed and reviewed heavily. So let's just talk about the Collingwood job. They're one of the biggest clubs in the land. Incredible tradition. Enormous. If someone rang me for Collingwood and said, can we talk? Of course I would sit down and have a discussion. But I can't give you a flippant answer here. I'd lock the key on it. Um, and trying to make the best of a new career at a property investment house, Wiesel Property Group, and Channel 9 doing the right thing in Triple M. So, for me, it's such a big position. Nathan Buckley is you know, a revered figure. We saw he handle it, and he's still got chewed up and spat out. So, it's not a simple flippant, yeah, I'm interested, because they are big jobs, and they need someone that's unconditional, committed, and they're right. But, again, I'll go back. If Alistair Clarkson's available... There is no competition. Just pull out whatever he needs, have the conversation and get him signed. I'm not so sure about that. I also wouldn't think he was chewed up and spat out. He was there for nearly a decade as a coach. Ed, I think that Ross Lyon is going to take this call if he gets it. Tell him why he should coach Collingwood. (laughs) Well... Time to do your pitch. Well, look, I look at it as simple as this. There's been a lot of hysteria as well. Okay, there's been some issues at Collingwood, but last year did fix up the West Coast Eagles over there in the last game, did make the decisions on where the salary cap, and there's about 12 or 14 clubs at the moment who are up to pussy's bow on the salary cap because it changed. And we saw at Collingwood what was going to happen post-COVID. Now, we don't even know where post-COVID is. We thought that might have been in 12 months. The salary cap isn't going up, and Collingwood's position is set Right, some short-term pain, but the long-term gain will be there as far as the list is concerned. Gone in, got some good young kids. I'd say to you this, Ross, you come to a club that reveres coaches, there's been two in 23 years. You get 
the best facilities in the Caper and in the, uh, the, uh, after the last game this year, another $15 million worth is going into rebuilding the facilities for health and everything else. You've got a club that has got a fantastic women's program. You've got a club that looked at itself from within and came good with the, the uh, Do Better report and that's all underway. Most of the problems that we thought that might have been there have mm. been addressed because people wanted to clear the slate before they actually so, finished. Peter, you so you the you want Ross Lyon coaching your club? No, he asked me if I'm pitching to yeah, Ross Lyon, yeah. if I'm pitching to Alistair Clarkson, if I'm pitching to Robert Harvey. I know what that club's like. It's a great club. Yeah. You play the big games, the MCG. It is the famous club. You're not, if you flying, every great club. not Ross, flying every second Ross, week. So, but do you have the hunger and the passion for it? 14 games at the MCG <laughs> and, and you don't have to worry about your cheque arriving, mate. It turns up. <laughs> no, thanks. It's, it's not a flippant response. It's, no. It, can, it needs serious consideration. There's lots of variables. And, and they are a big, powerful club. But the spotlight is squarely on you. There, yeah. There's nowhere to hide in this town. You need to be <laughs> eyes wide open and ready and prepared. There it is. Eyes wide open and prepared. Ross Lyon speaking on Footy Classified last night. What are your thoughts? Do you think he will be coaching again? 13, 12, 55 or 0487 736 736. Well, they keep on coming, the guesses. So the guesses today, the, your hints today on the who am I, there's no prize. It's just the absolute sheer joy of <laughs> getting it. I played with four clubs but five team names and I played in WA. Who am I? Now, the maid guy, the maid guy, can you please give me more information because he goes, Capital T, capital M, capital G, the made guy, and he just he answers it, and then he goes, just give me my prize. Well, he does it every time. He thinks he's got it right. Well, you never know. Dave, David Bain says Dean of Riverton. Brad Hardy, someone said Alan from North Beach. The mailman's double-dipped the chip. How many goes is one man going to have? He says it's wet and miserable, but I just keep on pushing on. He's a very good mailman, is the mailman. Very good mailman. Uh, and um, the made guy You've got your answer there. And then he says, now where is my prize? There's no prize. (laughs) It is just for the sheer satisfaction of walking the streets of Perth and saying, I got the sporting goss. Who am I right? Speaking of getting it right, the New South Wales Blues absolutely smashed Queensland game one last night. We might do this. We'll go out with the full highlights. Yep, we will. The NRL Nation full highlights. We've chucked a bit of music on. It was a massive night for Blues fans. Queensland, they're licking their wounds. They've gone 1-0 up. The Blues in the best of three state of origin. This is how NRL Nation called it. With a touch of music. It's 12 past 10. So here's Cleary. Nathan Cleary to take the lead for New South Wales. This is a gimme putt for Nathan. He moves in, he strikes at New South Wales. They're only five metres out. Damien Cook goes wide. He's Cleary out the back to Tommy Turbo. Tommy Tommy. Turbo! He gets the first try in state of origin number one. He's been on fire, the Turbo. It's only fitting. He puts the cave on. He comes out of the booth and Superman turns up to origin. Here's Cook. Here's a little bunny taking off. Tedesco's in support. Damien Cook, he couldn't get the pass. It was Munster who did brilliantly well to intercept it but it'll be six to go. It was a try-saver, arguably, there for Munster. But for how long? Here's Luai, here's Mitchell, here's To'o! Brian To'o 
on debut. It's not all for Queensland. Damien Cook wears clear. He goes left-hand side. Play flat. Tarek Sims out the back. The toll. It's two for toll. Now comes to Munster. Over the top finds Capewell. Capewell. He looks to Capewell. Capewell. He went straight past Tommy Trebojevic. He gets one back. He gets one back on Tommy Turbo. And Capewell. What a try he scored for Queensland to get back in the contest. Cleary, he finds Luai, gets the pass away to Tommy Turbo, puts the kick through. Here's Latrell Mitchell. Here's Latrell Mitchell who scores. And the Blues, they find their way in front by more. 24 points to six with a kick to come. Score Here we go, New South Wales, Latrell Mitchell. Latrell Mitchell looking for two. Luai, he gets it to Latrell. He finds Tommy Turbo. And Tommy Turbo, he slides under the post for number two. Another one on the back. These centres for New South Wales are carving up Queensland. Cleary sends it up high and Xavier Coates roll. He's knocked the ball on. Goes back to Latrell Mitchell. Tommy's got two. Latrell's got two. The three and the four are doing it all on their own. It's a two-man army. Latrell Mitchell and Tommy Turbo. Right-hand side. Here he goes. Daniel Safidi. He just crashed. Barge trampled over the Queenslanders and he's confirmed victory by a mile. The Blues are scoring everywhere on the outside under the post and Daniel Safidi crashes over for New South Wales. Cleary another break. Cleary's got Tedesco. It's Tedesco's time now. Teddy, he weaves inside and out of dummies. Here's Tommy Turbo. Oh, here's Kane. the hat trick. <laughs> and here's the oh, man of the match, man. I think, Tommy Turbo. He scores. It was Cleary. It was Teddy, it was Turbo. <laughs> well, there it is. $8 million to move the game to Townsville. Yeah. And it's turned out to be a million dollars a try for Anastasia. New South Wales, 50, have absolutely smashed Queensland six. Thanks for joining us. In a moment, we'll be chatting with Adam Jones. He's the head of WA Football Talent because the State 19s has been named. The squad has been named. These are the next young stars of the AFL. Also, Ashley Prescott, Cam Shepard talking waffle. Evie Gooch from the Fremantle Dockers who's moved over to the West Coast Eagles. We'll be chatting with her from the AFLW as well. Also joining us will be Brock Luthwaite, ahead of the racing out Pinjarra. Get your pen and paper ready. And we had a bit of luck yesterday, which was great news with our man Simon Miller, who's got a number of runners going down there to Pinjarra as well. So today, who am I? There's no prize. Okay, let's just get that right. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm at an Eagles game. People booing me. Anyway, or Dockers game. DMAR gets in the studio again. Um, may I just say that uh, there's no prize, but we are, who am I? I played with four clubs, five team names, and I played in WA. Now, we've had a number of guesses so far. We've had uh, Dale Kickett, Kevin Caton, Brad Hardy, David Bain, Mark Zanotti from Tractor in Spearwood, another Dale Kickett, the made guy. Who are you, the maid guy? Because we've got your number and we can easily track you down, great man, and find out whether you've got an inside to our quiz questions. Because for the second day in a row, the maid guy has answered correctly and he's followed up with, now where's my prize? There's no prize. There's always one who wants to spoil the fun and get it right 
early. I'm not going to name it. But if anyone else wants to join in the fun, let us know. 0487 736 736. Uh, Phoenix are in front in their uh, game two of their final series. They're doing uh, good stuff there as well. Hey, still to come, we've got more highlights to come from last night as well. And we'll also hear from Alistair Clarkson about the situation uh, which he's now placed in. Of course, his future at Hawthorne or is he in the mix to end up at Collingwood and or Carlton. And Adam Simpson is doing a press conference as we speak here at Optus Stadium. We'll try and get some of that audio before the morning is out. But in the meantime, let's talk local football talent ahead of the 19 state championships. Well, the national championships for the under-19s starts in July and the WA squad has been announced and Adam Jones is the WA State Talent Manager. Jonesy, we're back underway because we, of course, under COVID last year, there was no no competition. That's right. Yeah, a bit of excitement this year with, uh, for, the, for the group and particularly some of the boys that missed last year that in the squad uh, again um, this year. All teams represented in the Simply Energy WA's 19 squad? Yes, they are this uh, this time, which is great to see. It. Yeah, it's good to have at least one from from each club, and uh, we've got all, all clubs covered, so which is fantastic. What are the what is the league experience like of this group? Because a lot of these boys, um, obviously, this is an important part for their draft journey or their possible journey at a higher level. But how many of the boys in the squad which have just released have played league football? I think we've got five to six boys that have had some league experience so far. So. Jacob Van Ruin, Finn Gorringe, uh, Jared McElvinney, Jack Avery, uh, Matthew Johnson. I think that might be it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good level of experience, and it certainly in the past has shown that uh, it allows the guys to adjust to the pace of um, the national championships a bit quicker. So, um, yeah, we'll take that experience into the championships um, and be a bit, big benefit to the group. Tell us a bit about the uh, the format for the championships this year, when the games are being played. I know it's a bit uh, disjointed. I think there's a, a bit of a break after a first couple of games. No, you're spot on, Goss. So, yeah, different format this year. It's normally done in a four- or five-week block and you're all done and dusted. But we've got two games um, in the middle of the year. So last weekend of July, first weekend of August. And then the final two games in Melbourne um, are the Friday before the AFL Grand Final and the Tuesday afterwards. So I think it's a cost-cutting measure for the AFL because they'll um, keep the National Combine kids in Melbourne after that final game and and sort of save uh, costs in in flying um, all the kids around Australia back into Melbourne for a Combine. WA State Talent Manager Adam Jones is with us on the Sporting Goss. We're talking about our WA State 19 squad. How did the squad get selected? Obviously, you've got your your waffle teams. Obviously, you've got country representation as well, but also PSA. I noticed Jesse Motlop's name is there. I see a fair bit of his work at Aquinas, and uh, he's an outstanding talent. He's listed as a South Fremantle boy. Where is he best parted in regards to and best selected from? Is it his PSA work, South Fremantle work, or, dare I say it, a combination of both? Yeah, absolutely a combination of both. Um, we, we've got a selection committee with five uh, AFL club recruiters, uh, myself, Mark Webb and Shane, Shane Yardley, sort of in, independent selector. So, yeah, we're out watching uh, Waffle Colts, Reserves and League, PSA footy. Um, and, and, yeah, we've been doing that you know, since the start of the year. 
um, to help select this squad. So now we've watched Jesse play some Colts footy and, and, and footy at, at Aquinas. So uh, I think we've got uh, five or six other PSA boys in the group. Um, so, yeah, it's been a combination of both, as well as a, a selection trial we had um, uh, over this Waffle State game by a few weeks ago. Very, very strong representation from East Romano, and the name looks familiar, and it's always, you know, names jump off pages, and that is Taj Wowoden, son of? Yep, son of, yep. So, Taji's been going really well in the Colts. He's had a really consistent year to date, and, um, yeah, he comes into the squad. Probably we'll be looking to play him sort of a high half forward role potentially, Um but he, the beauty of his game, he's flexible. He can play inside mid wing, and, and no doubt with his skill set, he could probably go to a half back flank as well. Mark Webb is the coach, and the, and the, also your um, your assistant coaches. Uh, it looks a big turnover. Obviously, having last year off, and uh, clearly there's been a, a regeneration of of the format, as you mentioned. But what about the coaching staff? You've got some names that are familiar to AFL, and and in particular familiar to waffle football and the development pathways. No, absolutely. It's a really good collection of coaches that we've got. So, yeah, obviously headed by Mark Webb. We've got Ben Dyer, um, who's our State 17s coach, and ex-North Melbourne uh, development coach. He, he's going to take um, the midfield group. And working with him closely will be um, Ryan Lascock, who's our West Perth Colts coach. So, um, yeah, we're continuing that sort of a bit of a pathway, a bit of PD opportunity for our Colts coaches to be a part of the program. Uh, Bo McDonald, um, yeah, two-time premiership player at um, at Brisbane Lions, who's currently coaching Guildford Grammar as well. Um, he'll take forwards and rucks. And then Michael Johnson, um, ex, ex-Fremantle club champion, and um, yeah, he, he'll take the defensive group as well as um, mentoring our Indigenous boys. Brilliant. So when do they all get together? How often do they train um, and what sort of leeway are they provided by their respective clubs? I mean, what is priority now for these boys? Yeah, so it's, if, if you're playing senior football, um, you, you get released for, for one training session um, with, with the state program. If you're, if you're a school or, um, or playing Colts, we, we will have uh, two, them for two sessions a week. And then in the weeks leading up to our trial games and championship games, um, the players then come full-time with us, uh, unless you're not selected to play that weekend. And then you'll be released on the Thursday night to go back to club training. So, um, yeah, we, we probably have three or four weeks early on where it's just Monday, Tuesday. And then um, as our first few trials begin, uh, we switch over to Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. What are we expecting? What are you expecting? I mean, obviously you want to put forward a good showing, we get all that, but what are you genuinely expecting from this group? You, you know, when you speak to some blokes, oh, it's not a stronger year as the years before, and you always constantly hear that, and then all of a sudden they, they jump up and have great success, and you produce eight to ten draft prospects. Um, first and foremost, what are you expecting? And two, is, it, is the idea to give these boys the opportunity of uh, being shown on a, bigger, on a bigger level for prospects going forward, or... Um, is it just to showcase WA football? And what, what, what's the main MO of, of the whole group? Yeah, the, the main MO is to expose WA's most draftable talent. Um, and, and, you know, we, we'll have kids that don't get drafted. So some of them will come into the team and to play a role and um, to do their part for the team. Um, but, yeah, with this, with this year's group, we've got a, a really strong um, midfield. And... And something which is a little bit unusual for WA, we've got a, 
stackload of key forwards um, with Jack Williams, Jacob Van Ruin, Jai Amos all playing extremely well. Um, and then you throw in a couple of guys like Eric Benning and Luke Paulson, who are sort of your more forward backup rucks. Um, <clears throat> so if our midfield group can get it forward, we're we're going to be a really competitive group. And yeah, you know, I, I would expect. I think Goss, we average about uh, ten to twelve drafted out of the state academy over the last five years, and I reckon we're going to be bang around that mark. So um, yeah, I think certainly a better group than than what I expected at the start of the year. So. Um, there's, a, there's guys that have really stepped up. Um, so looking forward to seeing them at championship level. Fantastic. Good on you, mate. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. So the first game that the boys plays in Sydney, July 31 against the Allies, and then they take on South Australia here in Perth on August 7, and then the, a couple of games will be played at the conclusion of the Waffle Colts season. You need sound like you need a, a bit of vitamin C and a bit of a honey, <laughs> honey and lemon drink, Jonesy. So I do appreciate you yeah. battling against the odds, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. No worries, mate. Apologies for that. The uh, the kids have, have taken me down, so uh, hopefully the, the listeners could hear all right. Oh, no, it was all very good. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on SEN Sporting and Sporting Goss. Thanks, Goss. Good on you, mate. There he is, Adam Jones, the WA State Talent Manager against the odds, but we get the message loud and clear. It looks like WA is going to produce some very fine talent in the years ahead, courtesy of the Simply Energy WA State 19 squad. Back with plenty more. Talking waffles shortly again with Ashley Prescott and Cam Shepherd ahead of their game at Revo Fitness Stadium. This is Sporting Goss on a wet and wild Thursday. round of waffle footy and this is Sporting Goss and we go to Revo Fitness Stadium on Saturday for Claremont and Peel Thunder. The man who knows Claremont Oval very well but of course he's the coach of the Peel Thunder Football Club is Cam Shepherd and he joins us uh, getting back to the old stomping ground mate. Yeah Goss love it at Claremont Oval um, and uh, looking forward to the weekend. You're going to be a few troops down, one can assume, and we you know, we take it for granted that there will be some fairly significant changes uh, with the AFL-aligned team, the Fremantle Lockers for Peel Thunder. That is a huge test of your depth. Yeah, look, it is. And, um, you know, on top of that, uh, Captain Ben Howlett will be out with, with uh, injured hamstring. So, well, look, we're, we're going to be tested. You're right. Um, and we've just got to try to fight through. Tell us a bit about those players that um, have performed well that are on the cusp of AFL selection. That you know, I heard Justin Longmuir post game say, you know, Lloyd Meeks doing enough. Reese Conker was pretty good again on the weekend. You've got Joel Weston as another player. Anyone else jump off the pages? Luke Valenti get, getting much of the footy. He had a very good game last weekend, Luke against um, against the Swan Districts, and uh, you know, I'm not privy to exactly how Fremantle will select but uh, certainly Lloyd Meek's been in, in very good form in the ruck um, as Justin alluded and then you've got uh, Alex Pierce, who you'd think would be yep. close to coming back in um, Reese Conker has been really solid especially the last two weeks and uh, and Jolly Weston keeps fronting up then there's Brett Bewley and Steph Gyro so um, I think there's certainly troops for, for Fremantle to, to pick from to be competitive uh, just in summary of your game against Swan Districts last week at home at David Gray's Arena, you kick yourself out of it, especially in that second quarter. And then from then on, it, uh, in fact, that second quarter and the last quarter, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was there an issue with the breeze? You kicked two goals, seven in one quarter, and you kicked five points in the other going in the same direction. 
No, no issue with the breeze, Goss. It was, I think, the last three quarters we had 48 inside 50s to their 21. Wow. And we kicked six goals, 14. Uh, they kicked seven goals, too. So, look, we were clearly dominant, and uh, I'm sure pickers would suggest it was one that uh, they got away with, and we were disappointing in front of goals, did a lot of right. So as a coach, you look at what were positives, and we did a lot right, and the connection was pretty good um, from the back half through to the mids, but we just couldn't get uh, get it done in our front half. How's Will Schofield going down there with his new club and uh, the role that he plays on the field as a very experienced AFL campaigner? How is he going with, I'm pretty sure, as a pretty youthful team, aside of Ben Howlett, you've probably got a lot of young kids down there. What's the role that Will's doing? Yeah, we have got a lot of young ones. I think we had... 12 or 13 have played less than 20 games again on the weekend. Look, Will's, uh, we've thrown him around um, in uh, the position where he plays. He's, he's probably best suited as a key back, but we've had to ruck him and play him a bit in the forward line, so he's become a bit of a jack of all trades, but he's um, he really he, he's running a mentor group for our young leaders, so the boys in the Colts, so he's um, getting to know the young players and giving them great leadership. Looking at the last five games that you've played, you've played actually four of your last five have all been at Revo Fitness Stadium, which is quite bizarre the way the fixture has lined up. So this is the fifth of the last six times that you've played Claremont has been on their home Dunghill. I saw them play last week. Um, West Coast had them on toast several times and couldn't get the job done on forward 50 entries. So while they're a very good team, and I know you're only going to tell me they're a good team and the latter position suggests they're a good team, I'm not exactly sure they're playing at the top of their peak of their powers at the moment. Well, you might be right, but I'd rather be seven wins, one loss than where we are at the moment. So clearly, um, clearly, you know, they're at the top of the ladder for a reason and they've got the job done and, and, you know, they've got a... When you go through their list, they've got a lot of blokes who get a mountain of possession. So we've got to be wary of that and then somehow play the game in our front half and... uh, and see if we can kick a score, unlike uh, West Coast, who, who obviously really improved last week. Yeah, they were very good. Um, someone like Jai Bolton, as you know, he's a bit sort of that way that he gets so much of the footy and you make a decision. Do you try and stop him? Do you try and counter him by playing someone away from him who can get plenty of it the, the other way and, and, and punish you in, the, in your front half? I mean, how, how does a, a coach go about, not you're going to give up your game plan, but how does a coach go about sort of uh, a player like Jai Bolton who, like Aaron Black, like Shane Nelson and a few others, just find the footy. doesn't matter if they're being uh, matched up on or allowed to run free. Yeah, look, probably what we'll, we'll have a look at and see that when we find out our personnel tomorrow morning, we'll have a look and see if anyone can do that role or whether, the, you know, you look at Martin as in the half-back line or, or Rogers through the middle. It's just a matter of, you know, you've got to have a person who's capable rather than uh, just say, oh, we're going to tag someone for, for a reason with, without having that person the skill set at this stage to do the job. So we'll look at who we have before we make any decisions on that. But clearly, uh, Jai's in really good form, and uh, you know he's been in good form for many years. He's going very well. So you're confident that um, you can put on a good show against Claremont? I mean, the group itself. And as you talk about, that's the one disadvantage you've got is you, you find out your personnel late. But uh, that's enough time for you to, to get a match uh, plan together and a personnel plan together. And do you have the depth to cover if you lose four, five or six troops? Oh, look, I think we've been doing it for a fair while now that, you know, we're not phased by getting to know who we're going to play 
for us on the on, on a Thursday or Friday. So we're we're okay with that. Uh, do we have the personnel? We'll know a little bit more after Saturday, but um, you know it will test our depth. But we've got great faith in some of the young players coming through. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on SENWA here on the Sporting Goss. Thanks, Cotty. Good on you, mate. There he is, uh, the good man, Cam Shepard, the coach of Peel Thunder. Going to be a good game. I saw Claremont. I've got a feeling that Peel can certainly push them on the weekend. We'll take a break. We'll come back with plenty more. Well, we've spoken to Cam Shepard from the Peel Thunder Football Club, and let's talk to uh, the man at the helm of the Tigers. We're talking about the 10 past 2 clash at Revo Fitness Stadium in Claremont between Claremont and Peel Thunder. Coming off a win, and it was just a win, I think, as Ash Prescott joins us online. Appreciate your time, Ash. Um, you got the job done, and that's all that mattered against West Coast, albeit probably not one of your most clinical performances. Yeah, that's right, Tim. I think, um, you know, and everyone says, oh, you, you walk away and you get the four points. I mean, we, we try and look a little bit deeper than that. And it's often a good reflection after the game when the when the song's sung with a little bit less passion and a bit more sombre. And that, and that was the case. We, we weren't overly happy with the way we played. But, you know, that's going to happen at times. We've got... Um, you know, I've got a mix of some good ex- experienced players, but we've also got some young boys too, and you're going to get a little bit of inconsistency from time to time, and, and that was certainly the performance on the weekend. All right, so now you focus on Peel Thunder, who, when you talk to everyone who was at that game, reckons they kicked themselves out of it. Plenty of inside 50 entries, majority, in fact, a lot more inside 50 entries than what Swan Districts could muster, but errant kicking, bad kicking is bad football, as we all know. Um, are you expecting a, 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 I don't know, a strong strong peel thunder albeit they might be a little bit undermanned with what's happened with their top team in the AFL yeah look I mean you always prepare and we certainly always prepare with with full respect to the opposition and, and respect for the game so yeah we'll we'll make sure that we're on our guard and we expect peel thunder to, to be at their best we played them earlier in the year in a in a practice match and they were extremely um Extremely impressive, actually, across across all areas of the game. So, you know, we know we're going to have to be at our best. And, again, it's getting away from that, that judging yourself purely and simply on win-loss. It's, it's making sure that we play the style of footy we want, um, you know, and that we have a really good, strong contribution from the 22 that take the field. Very much so. Uh, what, what areas are you concerned about or, or um, a, do you want a better productivity from your group? I mean, you, you can't question Jai Bolton. 49 disposals last week. Um, you know, your Bailey Rogers, Lockie Martinez, you know, 36 and 37. I mean, they're always going to get a lot of the ball. So how can they get so much of the ball yet you take ages to, to shake off a team that hasn't won a game? Well, what area was disappointing and what area are you working on? Oh, I think it's, it's about paying respect to the opposition too. And, you know, whilst they had a few players out, you know, the the group that went out in the field was fantastic. And Vardy certainly led them in that area. And, and Connor West came in and, and he was super again. Mm. Hutchins was really effective. So, you know, I think first and foremost, they probably got us on the back foot at times, at times. I mean, we still ended up winning the clearances, but they were able to, um, you know, to waltz out of the centre bounces a couple of times. And, get the ball into that forward line with isolation and you know and there were some times that our defenders got beaten purely in one-on-one so you know it's never one particular thing I think you know on the weekend um, you know we end up winning by by 27 points and probably it could have been a, a little bit more at times but full credit to, to West Coast so if you, if you move forward to, to looking at Peel Thunder I mean 
no different. They've got a great spread of players and, and they're really strong and experienced in, in certain parts of the ground. So I think it's really a collective, Tim. I think if you were to walk away from, from a performance like we had on the weekend, you'd, you'd think, well, you know, we probably had about, you know, 10 players play close to their their maximum. Um, and I think we just got to make sure that, you know, we get that up around around 20 that are competing really hard and playing their role for four quarters. So it's never one thing. And, and one thing you learn is you're never, you're never as bad as you think and you're yeah. never as good as you think in this game. So it's just about making sure that we, um, we all play our role, stick to it and play a really solid four quarters of footy. So they're the things that we're searching for. And at the end of the day, I think the result will look after itself off the back of that. No doubt. Uh, what about a young man who made his debut? Were you happy with the the, the, the young fellow who, who came in, of course, and, and I thought he at times showed quite a lot. And I'm talking about Cameron Anderson, 16 disposals and a couple of goals. He's He's got some flair. He has, you know, and he's, he's, he's one of those young players that has worked really hard and come through the system at Claremont. And, and that was our ninth debutant, which has been really pleasing to, um, you know, to be sort of at the win-loss ratio that we're at at the moment, but to have nine local Claremont boys come in and make their debuts been really positive and we started him off off half back and and he was doing well across half back certainly wasn't doing anything wrong but we felt we just needed a little bit more tackle pressure and a little bit more speed ahead of the ball often we we when we went inside 50 we weren't able to sort of get our forwards back in there working and hunting um and the ball was bouncing out a little bit so yeah position him across the half forward line and he ended up kicking two goals, but probably more importantly, applied really good tackle chase and, and pressure down there, you know, which resulted in the ball staying in our forward line. So, yeah, really super. I think he's got flexibility to play in in all areas of the ground and, and sort of without putting a, putting a, a hard a hard tag on him, I think he's got a little bit of Shea Bolton about him, mm. um, you know, in relation to that electric speed, um, but also that ability to repeat effort. So his endurance is really strong and his speed is really strong. And when you get that combined with some good good skill that he has, um, you end up with a pretty good player. So another good young lad coming through. No doubt. Uh, Ashley Prescott, our guest from the Claremont Football Club, ahead of their clash with Peel on the weekend. And one other young man I want to talk to you about, uh, laid seven tackles, had eight hitouts, which is quite bizarre in itself. I'm talking about Stephen Miller. So it's not often and that a pseudo-Ruckman is the leading tackler in your team. He laid seven tackles, but he was also going to be on a poster because he was underneath Nathan Vardy. He took one of the marks of the year. <laughs> it was a great mark, wasn't it? it was um, yes. Yeah. Stevie, Stevie, again, he came, he's come through the, the system and at Claremont, um, you know, and we're still getting a feel for, for some of these lads that are coming through. He had a bit of an interrupted pre-season. He unfortunately fractured a, a bone in his wrist, which put him out of action, I think, for about 12 weeks. Um, so he came in off the back of playing some some solid reserves footy, probably without really tearing it up at, at reserves level because we felt we needed to um, try and look to find some of the key forwards which were a little bit light on um, at the moment as a club. So he's come in and, and contributed really well. And, it's yeah, it's good you notice the seven tackles because he's, um, he's a really fierce competitor, whether that's when the ball's on the ground or in the air. Um, you know, So, yeah, he, he, he's come in and he's contributed pretty well. So, um, you know, again, another young player that we're getting some games into that hopefully has a really bright future at the club. 
Last one for you, Ashley Prescott, our guest, is the news through from Essendon this morning, a young man that you were hopeful to have in your uh, squad this year, but of course found his way to Essendon. Alec Waterman has been given a contract extension for next year, which is uh, another tick for the young man's efforts at uh, at Essendon. Um, he's done some good things. He was back for a couple of games, of course, at the weekend. I know he caught up with a few of the, the Claremont boys and the club that is uh, close to his heart. So that's another uh, n- nice little effort by him to get a, another year out. It's not so short-term for him being taken in that draft. Yeah, it's good, Tim. And I think it's it's great clubs are, are looking to do that sooner rather than later. I think especially for the interstate lads that that go over and sign a, a rookie contract, um, you know, you tend to be living on eggshells a little bit, um, you know, and I think for, for not only their football but their personal well-being, having that, that shore up of, um, of having a contract um, you know, I think will will do Alec a lot of good, and and again, it's fantastic, isn't it, Tim, to see mm-hmm. see a lad who's got a second chance. Um, you know, you dip your lid to to guys that go out of the AFL system, but go back to that state league environment um, and train really well, prepare well, and then obviously perform well. Um, for him, for him to get that um, contract extension is is tremendous news. The Gold Coast are in town this week. You catch up with some of the boys there. Yeah, I look forward to it. Actually, I think um, these AFL clubs—they're all—they're um, sort of pretty strict with all their measures and everything like that. But oh, no, it's nice for them to, to come back, and, and there's certainly some some players and, and a few coaches there that I look forward to potentially having a having a cup of coffee with Tim. Will be nice. Nice work. Good luck on the weekend yeah, against Peel Thunder, mate. Um, Claremont up and about at the, near the top of the ladder with Subiaco, but I think it's still very much a concealed premiership. I reckon there's still some who are purring along behind the scenes who will start to rev up in the back half of the season. Thanks for joining us. Good on you, Tim. Cheers. There he is, Ashley Prescott, the coach of Claremont, talking WAFL football. Ten past two, Revo Fitness Stadium. Get along, Claremont and Peel. This is the Sporting Goss. Coming up to the 11 o'clock news, Evie Gooch, who's made the cross from Fremantle to West Coast, AFLW. She will join us to talk about that move, of course. We'll also be chatting with AJ Ogilvie. Tonight it is RAC Arena, the Perth Wildcats taking on the Illawarra Hawks. And Brock, Brock Luthwaite saddles up a couple of first runners, first-time runners at Pinjarra today. We'll try and get the late mail on that. Phoenix 67 are absolutely pantsing. Denver 48 midway through the third. Phoenix already lead the series 1-0. And at the moment, they're up by 19 in the third quarter. So they should be winning that. A reminder that uh, earlier today we had our quiz, Who Am I? I played with four clubs, five team names, and I played in WA. There's no prize. Scotty Cummings was one of the guesses. Dale Kickett, Mark Zanotti, Brad Hardy. Who else do we have? David Bain, Kevin Caton, Dale Kickett again. The answer is coming up after 11 o'clock. If you want to join in, there's no prize. No, 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 no prize, no prize. 0487-736-736. Who am I? Play with four clubs, five team names. Played in WA. Some people have got it. The mower man and made, made in guy or made guy or whatever your name is. You've got it right too. If you want to have a guess, guess now. 0487-736-736. It's news time.
Welcome back to Sporting Goss on a very wet and windy old Thursday. Things certainly hotting up over the last couple of days in the AFLW trade period. And I was shock horrid to see that Evie Gooch, after four wonderful years for the Fremantle Football Club and 23 games, has crossed to the West Coast Eagles. I know she's excited about it. I'm not too sure about the Frio faithful. They've been hitting social media pretty hard with their disappointment. But Evie has been kind enough to join us. Evie, thanks for joining us on Sporting Goss. This came from left field. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Tim. Um, no, look, it was a decision that I spent a lot of time on, um, and I'm really happy and excited to see where it's going to go this season. Yes, when you talk about that, I mean, you know, we, we know that there's rivalry, and we know that there's rivalry between Fremantle and West Coast in the men's, but in the AFLW, there is also, though, I mean, I know Fremantle pride themselves on winning big in the local derby, and they celebrate hard. Um, when did this start to come on your radar? Um, during the off season, so once the season finished, um, I'd, well, during the season, I'd had a um, good conversation with Emma Swanson. Uh, we'd been at the academy for a while together for, um, our firefighting career. Mm -hmm. And, um, she was explaining how the, um, the youth in the team was really exciting and how they just need a bit of experience. Um, and I was looking at it thinking, wow, that could be something like really cool to do. Um, I'd love to be a part of that, um, and be a part of something bigger than just winning games um, each season. You know, we're building towards something and, and at West Coast it looks like something really exciting um, and in the near future hopefully some finals footy for those young girls. Yeah, very much so. They certainly started to get things lined up towards the end and you're right, they have some great upside. But Fremantle have been outstanding. I mean, they've got a very strong winning culture. They haven't been able to get uh, the big prize yet but you know that they're always going to be close to it and you've made lots of great friends over the four years. Oh, absolutely. Those are relationships that I'll hold for life. Um, they were more than just footy mates, um, pretty much a family there, um, which I'm really grateful for. So I've had heaps of them reach out to me um, and we're still in contact and there's no bad blood there. Until you play each other. <laughs> 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 Best club woman, 2019. So, I mean, you know, and look, I, I look at the Dockers and – when I see them play, and I and I see Evie Gooch, I see Evie Gooch, I, I see painted on purple. It must be exciting, but at the same time, it must be. Is there any sadness that you're sort of leaving Fremantle and, and starting again after, as you say, the family sort of way that you've gone about it in your journey at Frio? Yeah, look, there's always a bit of sadness when you're leaving a, a club or a family that you've been a part of of for, for so many years and I'm really like grateful for everything that I experienced there and all the opportunities they gave me. I think I've grown amazingly as, as a person and as a player there. So obviously there is some sadness, but I think the the excitement of the unknown um, is building up now and I'm, I'm really keen to, to experience that and, and move forward with my life. And I think, I think change is really good, um, even though it's scary. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm eager for it. Yeah, good stuff. Evie Gooch is our guest on Sporting Goss, who has made the move from Fremantle to West Coast, uh, crossing uh, to the, the arch rivals in town, of course. And I'll tell you what, you must be pretty happy with yourself. They had to give up pick six in the uh, WA pool for the, for the draft. That's sort of a nice little tick of the talent pool right there and then for you, Evie Gooch. They had to give up a bit to get you. Uh, look, they did, and I know it was, it was hard. Um, leaving, and I'm sure I'm sure it was hard letting me go. But um, I'm really grateful that they were nothing but cooperative, uh, Fremantle and um, West Coast were were really really eager to get me on board. Yeah. Fitness, what's the fitness like? And uh, since the season's over, and as you mentioned, you're a firefighter, so you've got to stay fit and sound for that type of work. But just tell us a bit about your your general fitness, and obviously you're champing at the bit to to get back into it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So coming off a back injury, um, which is why I missed a few games uh, last season. Um, but I'm all fit to go now and keeping fit on station with the boys, trying to keep up with them. Um, <laughs> it's always a bit of a competition, but it's really enjoyable. So it's another way that I can just stay fit for, for pre-season. It doesn't feel like it's too much work now uh, when September 1 rolls around. Uh, I'll tell you what, most uh, firefighter units and uh, and stations, I've got a lot of mates who are in the service, a lot of guys who played AFL football. Todd Bremen is a, a lifelong mate of mine who's predominantly based at Daglish and the like. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a lot of footy chat goes on. Uh, I suppose you're not out of place there, which is good. No, absolutely not. And I cl- cop plenty um, from all the boys, <laughs> uh, regardless if I'm doing good or not. I get um, after the games, there's usually a few photos sent, sent my way with some comments, but um, it's not, nothing but good. Um, it makes me feel part of the team there as well as um, at work. So, yeah, no, it's, it's really great. And I, I love the uh, the culture we've got at the fire stations. And it's kind of like a footy team, I guess. How much connection do you have to soccer? Of course, you were at the Perth Glory for uh, for a time, a reserve goalkeeper there as well. How much interest do you have in following the Glory in the A-League? Yeah, I'm really keen on them. So I've obviously played alongside some of the girls. And when I was at Fremantle, Ange Stennett was coming yep. across from Perth Glory too. So, um during our season and, and in the off-season as well, we would try to get down to their games as much as possible um, at Dorian Gardens in Perth mm-hmm. um, because we've got that really strong bond. We're, like, they were both purple. Um, it was great to, to support them because they would come down and support the Fremantle Dockers girls as well. Okay, give me an insight. What was it like at Frio when you were beating West Coast in a derby? Um, was it just another game? Because I don't subscribe to that. Look, there's always going to be more emotion attached to it. For me personally, I understood the rivalry, but I'm not the most fiery of players. Um, so <laughs> for me, it was just it was a game of footy. Um, I could see that the girls are really into it at Fremantle, um, like there always is going to be a bit of emotion at a, at a derby, um, and there's a bit more on the line, I guess, because there's that cup at the end. Um, but hopefully this season we can bring it back over to the West Coast Eagles. Very true. Do you like the colours? Do you like the jumper? Do you like the design? Do you like the, the, the facilities? Do you like everything about West Coast? You have to say yes, but, I mean, is it is it nice that you, when you come and have a have a look at it, and, you know, obviously Fremantle had great facilities down there as well, but you come to West Coast and it's a, it's a bit of a wow factor about the place, isn't there? Well, yeah, obviously they've got a newer facility. They've got plenty of, of funding that went into it and you can see that it's all really, really well maintained and um, very useful. Um, but in saying that, on my own, I'm happy to train on a on an oval covered in mud with a <laughs> broken leathery ball and maybe one weight plate because um, it's just footy for me. So I love the, it. Uh, the fancy facilities don't do it, but... Yeah, it's it's really awesome to be a part of it. Hardcore. It. Yeah, you're hardcore. I like that. And I think yeah, it's a great <laughs> pickup by West Coast. It's going to be huge. Uh, everyone's excited about the new season. Plenty of players going from left to right. I mean, uh, just just the last one. I mean, some, you know, Taylor Harris changing clubs again. There's, gee, they don't mess about trying to get to get to a happy place, do they? Uh, in uh, You don't see this many changes in such short space of times with players changing clubs. Uh, do you, does it surprise you? I mean, you've done great, great service for Fremantle, so you're not one of those, but players that have come in a couple of years and they're gone again, they go again, they go again. Uh, um, do you think they'll ever settle down, some of these players? 
Yeah, look, I think the turnover is due to the fact that obviously the the season, uh, sorry, the competition expands quite often every couple of years, so more teams are added. Um, the the contracts are only one or two seasons at a time anyway. Yeah. So um, it, there's not that certainty of being locked into a club for five or six years, like with the AFL men. Sure. So um, there is that that turnover that happens quite a bit. But in saying that, when girls move, we know it's not because. You know, they they hate the club and they want to go somewhere where they're going to be recognised and all the same. It's more they want to be a part of something, uh, grow the culture, grow um, the youth in the team, and um, you'll see that it's more the experienced players that are moving around a bit to try and to help those young girls coming through because now we've got those girls coming through from Auskick. So mm-hmm. there's some really ta- real talent coming through at the moment. And you are really talented. Looking forward to seeing you pull on the West Coast Eagles a jumper for the new season, which starts later this year, of course, as we know, going into next year as well. Congratulations on the move. Well played for your time at Fremantle. Uh, 23 great games in purple over four years and taking out the best club woman, of course, in 2019. But it's all about the Eagles now. Thanks for joining us on Sporting Goss and we look forward to seeing you around the footy club. Thanks for having me, Tim. Good on you. There's Evie Gooch on the Sporting Goss. We're talking AFLW. Plenty more to come on this wet and wild Thursday. What's your best for today for the punters listening to Sporting Goss right now? I like, uh, look, she's short. Uh, how's the serenity, you know, like sort of showing off and declaring a dollar seventy job. But how's the serenity now clicked up by Watson at the 200 and boots away? How's the serenity and has got them done. All interest in minor placings. How's the serenity? Holly Watson opens up her Belmont Park account, wins it by two and a quarter. Gee, a great go for second and third. The heads yeah, there it was there. How's the serenity? It was a double, actually, for Simon Miller, who we had on the show yesterday. And congratulations to young Holly Watson, who did ride her first Metro winner at Belmont across the road from Optus Stadium. All roads lead to Pinjarra this afternoon. Don't forget, if you're heading down there, please drive carefully on the freeways and through the Southwest Highway uh, down to Pinjarra Racecourse. Brock Luthwaite uh, saddles up a couple of first starters. Uh, they don't look like they've got much trial form, but I'll be interested to know what Brock has to say coming up uh, a bit later in the show. And, of course, uh, we'll be trying to find a winner or three there. Also coming up, still to come on the show, we'll be chatting with AJ Ogilvie. He'll join us as well from the Illawarra Hawks tonight, 7.30 tip-off at RAC Arena, game one of the semi-final series between the Wildcats and yes, Wildcats, thank you, and the Illawarra Hawks. Uh, as we've got a sound effect there for a hawk. Nah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that'll do. And, of course, it is also United versus Phoenix, South East Melbourne Phoenix, the other clash as well. This morning, um, Alistair Clarkson has spoken. He's been a busy man, Alistair Clarkson. He's in the news everywhere. Let's go through what Alistair Clarkson had to say. We've still got Adam Simpson. Adam Simpson has spoken at his press conference. We'll get that audio hopefully before we go out. But he has declared Josh Kennedy and Oscar Allen both will return, which is great news. Alistair Clarkson had this to say about Nathan Buckley. Well, I'm contracted at Hawthorne next year, and I think I've spoken about this, you know, that this this happens uh, has happened every year, I dare say, for the last ten. I don't say that in an arrogant fashion. Every time that there's some sort of movement in it with a coach, my name is linked to it. And I haven't moved for ten years, and I don't dare say I won't be moving this time either. So um, my focus is purely on the Hawthorne Footy Club. I'm still contracted. I want to see this out because of the the, the players that we've got here. I'm invested in. 
um, including young John Egan. I mean, once again, I've got to try it out again. You know, we invested in young kids in the future of our club and, um, and we're also invested in the game of footy tomorrow night. So uh, given that I've spent the first half of this press conference talking about what's going on outside our footy club, I'd probably prefer from this point just to talk about Sydney tomorrow night. We're debuting another young kid in, in Jai Newcomb who, um, who, who's only just come onto our list in terms of the mid-season draft. He's played some great footy for us at Box Hill throughout the first half of the season. So um, from our point of view, despite what's going on in the outside footy world, uh, our focus is quite clearly on the, on the Swans on Friday night and um, see whether we can get a bit more consistency in the way that we play. Phoenix up by 21 in the NBA final series. They are up 1-0 in the series against Denver and currently up by 21 with 11 minutes to go in the last. Alistair Clarkson, I know Adam Simpson. There's a quote, a beautiful quote from Adam Simpson in regards to Nathan Buckley. I might just read you the quote. Um, I'll read it to you and hopefully we get it before the end of the show. But uh, Adam Simpson had some beautiful words to say about Nathan Buckley and I think um, this sort of uh, – well, well, let's hear from Alistair Clarkson first and I'll come back with the words from Adam Simpson about Nathan Buckley. Oh, I think it's always always disappointing when these things things happen mid, mid-season. Um, you know, he's been a, a great contributor to the game over a long period of time, Bucks, and, um, but it just, it just causes um, instability right across the league when, uh, when, a, when a senior coach parts away with his club mid-season. So – um, yeah, he's been a, a, a great contributor to the, the game, both as a player and a coach. Um, he's, a, he's a ripper of a bloke. And, um, yeah, but in the, the wisdom of both he and the, the Collingwood Footy Club, they, uh, they saw fit to part way at this point in time. Um, but, um, yeah, for, for us as a footy club, it's just um, we've got a game against Sydney on, um, on Friday night. We, we jump on a plane this afternoon. Um, we're, we're debuting another young kid in, in Jai Newcomb who... Um, who's only just come onto our list in terms of the mid-season draft. He's played some great footy for us at Box Hill throughout the first half of the season. So um, from our point of view, despite what's going on in the outside footy world, uh, our focus is quite clearly on the on the Swans on Friday night and um, see whether we can get a bit more consistency in the way that we play. Oh, there's an echo in here. I'm pretty sure I heard that before. Um, let's go now to the words from Adam Simpson. And I'm quoting, and hopefully we get the grab up, before yeah, I'm just going to read it. Uh, we'll get uh, we'll read this one and and hopefully we'll get Adam Simpson a little bit later in the next half hour. Bucks is all class. His ability to articulate situations is elite. We've grown together through the system. His footy brain, his insight is immense. He won't be away for long, but says he needs a break. He's too good. I've got nothing but respect for him. That's Adam Simpson talking about Nathan Buckley. Time now to talk hoops tonight at RAC Arena. A wet and wild day in Perth, uh, but it'll be indoors at the delightful RAC Arena where it'll get pretty volatile, I'm sure, when the Perth Wildcats face off against the Hawks in the first game of their series in the NBL semi-finals. AJ Ogilvy is a key component to that Hawks lineup, been with the club for a long time, and they're getting a genuine taste of finals action. AJ, appreciate your time. Sorry about the weather, mate. We haven't turned it on for you. No, it's all right. It wasn't much better leaving Wollongong, so <laughs> not missing too much. <laughs> Mate, uh, you're in it. You're in it up to your eyeballs. It's a well-concealed finals campaign. Everyone thinks that United's the team to beat. The Wildcats don't have Bryce Cotton. Phoenix have, for the best part, limped in. You've been about the place, so you must be really happy, having been around the Hawks for a while now, that you really get a genuine taste of championships. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, I think it's 
well known that to win a championship, you have to come through Perth. So, um, you know, us coming over here, playing the way we are, we're, we're pretty excited. We've been playing some great basketball, obviously had to go on a bit of a tear to even, even make the finals and we're happy with the way we've been playing. So hopefully we can continue with that, uh, that same energy and intensity tonight. Most NBL championships won as a coach is six by your coach and five by the opposition coach in Trevor Gleeson. They know what it takes, don't they? Yeah, they definitely do. You know, they, uh, they have a way of getting teams to play above their station. You know, I don't think that uh, at the start of the season, if you said that both the Hawks and the Wildcats would be in the final that, uh, or the semi-final, that many people would have believed you. Uh, so especially with, you know, the injuries that have happened throughout the year. Um, but yeah, they just have a way of getting the best out of everyone. Of course, no conversation. And we're chatting with AJ Ogilvie from the Hawks, of course, ahead of tonight's game. 7.30 tip-off it is. 7.30 tip-off uh, tonight. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a, a pumped uh, crowd. No conversation about the Wildcats in the last couple of weeks has been without uh, mentioning Bryce Cotton. He's not there. We interviewed Brian Gorgian several weeks ago when you came across here. And, and, the, and, the, and the target was you've got to stop him dominating the game. He's not there. Does that make it harder or more difficult to plan for what the Wildcats are going to do? Uh, just different. I think, you know, the way they play, uh, a lot of the stuff ends up in Bryce's hands at the end of the possession uh, on offense. So, you know, he's such a dynamic player that it's, it's kind of hard to prepare to guard him. Um, I think without him there, what they're running is a little bit, uh, a little bit different targeted towards the you know the shooters like Clinton and uh Todd Blanchfield so we've got to we've got to run up a lot more screens and guard their their tall shooters rather than try and chase Bryce around which is you know different but still challenging someone you face off on and you've got to defend and uh and body up on is John Mooney in his first year of the NBL he's certainly going to indicate he's going to go back to the states and try his hand and see if he can not go to a greater level but if not then come back to Perth where does he rank in big bodies that you've had to to play on he's uh looks like he's had a very very good first year yeah he's had a great first year he's uh he's kind of more that um you know uh small ball type big man you know he's not the usual you know Angus Brand or Majok Majok that you guys have had over here previously uh the big banger types he's you know more mobile and a bit more got a bit more touch and shoots the ball a bit better um so he's you know a little bit of a tougher matchup for me but yeah he's had a he's had an absolute great year and I don't know I think that Perth have been really lucky to have him. Hostile environment is uh the RAC arena but you'd love it wouldn't you don't you love it when the opposition crowd get involved? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd much rather have it this way, playing in front of fans and playing in against Melbourne with no fans. You know, yeah. I think the uh, it's, it's unfortunate that it's gotten to this stage of the season and, you know, that they're such big games of being playing in front of no fans. So, yeah, definitely rather play here and play in front of all that energy that I know that the Perth fans create. What, what's so different about your team this year? I mean, of course, it was, I think, the last time you played postseason basketball, what, what, 2017. So it hasn't been all that long, but... Well, actually, it probably has been it's just three years. It's quite a long time in a in a condensed uh, NBL competition. But just tell us a bit about why you think the team is better this year. Uh, we've just got a very talented team. Uh, you know, everyone kind of fits really well together. Everyone brings very individual, a very individual skill set um, that you know pieces together to make a good team. We've uh, you know we've lost a few pieces along the way, but found a way that we can you know play basketball that enables us to win games. You know, we're not. Teams of old where we're trying to put up 100 or 110 points. We're locking in on defense, trying to keep teams to a, a score that we can beat and then just getting it done offensively. Everyone's just happy to go out there and 
play their role and play for each other. Yeah, well, it looks like that certainly does. It looks like you don't rely on one or two players. It is certainly across the board as well. Uh, the Perth Wildcats, I think nine times have ne- uh, they're nine for z- nine and nine. They've never lost their first game of the postseason finals at the RAC Arena. Records are made to be broken, mate. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a record like that for a reason. There, you know, they're formidable over here in front of their home fans. You know, it's a it's a long flight yesterday and all that all that travel stuff that people talk about coming into Perth. But you know, we feel as prepared as we can be. You know, we didn't play against them long ago, so this, that game's still kind of fresh in our mind. We're just going to kind of run off run off what we prepared and be ready to go. You know, to the semi final series, no excuses. You just got to go out there and yeah, give it 100. percent Yeah, very true. Yes, just repeating that news. The Wildcats have never lost game one of a series at RAC Arena. They're nine and zero. The key, the key to winning. Uh, limiting their shooters. I think yeah, if if their if their guys get hot and start knocking down shots, then they're very tough to stop scoring. Uh, I think that's that's the major goal for us. Off to have a shoot around this morning. Yeah, yeah, got a little bit of time here at the hotel, but yeah, go and brave these elements and go outside <laughs> and get some shots up over at Rack just before lunch. Come back and rest a bit, and then roll out the ball and start the game. Good on you, mate. Re- really looking forward to it. It's going to be a packed house. We we love our Wildcats. We love. Finals time, 35 straight years for the Wildcats. Hey, have you ever, this is a question without notice for you. AJ Ogilvy, our guest from the Illawarra Hawks, have you ever thought about playing for the Perth Wildcats? <laughs> I've, uh, I've been locked into contracts here at the Hawks for a long time, so yeah, I haven't even had that conversation. <laughs> All right, mate, just try to, <laughs> to find out. You know, you always say, oh, yeah, well, I, we, I, they, they, they did have Corey Webster signed up for a couple of years, and he lasted about 10 days, I reckon, before he didn't even pull the boots on. Anyway, uh-huh. hey, mate, <laughs> good on you, legend. Appreciate it. Go well out All there right, tonight. Mate. It's going to be huge. Good on you, mate. There he is, AJ Ogilvy from right. the Illawarra Hawks. It's going to be huge. It is tonight, and then, of course, they back up again on Saturday in Illawarra at as well in Wollongong. This is Sporting Goss. Can't wait. 7.30, that's when the game is on tonight at RAC Arena. Game one of the semi-final series. Second place, third, and of course United play the Phoenix. This is the Sporting Goss. Sporting Goss, and we always like to touch on the main race days, and yesterday we had the Mayor of Subiaco, Simon Miller, on double. He had a double. He had a couple of place getters, and his best got up with, of course, how's the serenity. But today we turn our attention to Pinjarra on a wet old day. Good mate of mine, Brock Luthwaite, Earth trains out at Serpentine. Uh, are you wet? Are you still above water? We're dripping. We're absolutely dripping. <laughs> but anyway, you take a couple of horses to the races today, Pinjarra, of course. And, uh, well, not a lot of experience amongst them. My Rani going around having its first race start. Its trial form doesn't jump off the page at me, Brock. No, I think they're both a bit slow learners. Um, but if you look at her, you look at her, she trialed in a row. So I... I didn't do a lot with her. It was all about education. She went round Lark Hill. Seven days later, she went to Belmont on a heavy 14, and then uh, and then back to Lark Hill after that. So it was all about education rather than fitness. And um, I'm expecting improvement off the last trial, which I was happy with. Okay, so w- when you've got a horse that hasn't been to the races, how do you know whether they get through the conditions? How do you know that if it's wet today down there, which we know it will be, but there's not, but there's a fair bit of give in the ground. Can you tell from track work, the way the horse gets around, that, or, it's, is, or you're going purely on breeding, whether they can get through it? Yeah, you definitely, definitely include the pedigree and obviously fitness. You look at this time of year, there's uh, Adam Durant's absolutely flying. He's obviously got his horses fit mm. and uh, it shows a difference. Lindsay Smith's another wet trainer you can, you can usually follow. Um, so it's a little bit. The pedigree's my main follow. I'll look at the pedigree. Um, fortunately, I've won with both of these horses' older siblings. In the wet, 
So I'm looking at that as a positive. Yeah, so you should be. Okay, my Rani goes around in race one. Of course, uh, the McAllister Colours will go around in race three on the program. You've got Art Warrior, uh, another horse having its first start. It's been to the trial several times. It's started to show you anything? Yeah, he's obviously a singer. And um, his father was my first winner, who I think he taught me a lot. And I look back in hindsight and think, uh, you know, maybe I could have made a bit more money with him. He, he, he got to six figures. He was mighty unlucky. So I tried to shape the source as a stayer from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, was really disappointed with the second trial, but I think Bella's Idol and a couple others just run him off their feet. Come play with me, wasn't it? So I reset, went back to the trials again. I was really happy with that last trial. Okay. Well, it sounds just we're, we're chatting with Brock Luthwaite ahead of the Pinjara races today. Judging by the way you just spoke then, you'd be confident of a Ford showing first, having its first race start over 1,500. Yeah, yeah. No, I think both of these horses have plenty of upside. Um, Obviously, experience and the track conditions are your factors, but they both—I think—they both be winning races. All right, looking forward to that. So, so will you? Yeah, what, what do you walk away from today? So, you've got two first starters, horses that you think have got some upside going forward. What would be a pass mark for your day there today, Brocky? Well, specifically with the conditions and the um, and the track, so I'd want to—I'd want to see them hitting the line. That is the main thing on debut. And you know, you can look at that first race. Simon's got the hot favourite. And you're tempted just to take it on and guarantee second at least. But, you know, you want to make the horse and you want to turn the horse into something going forward. So, you know, if she sits and hits, hits the line a bit late and misses, I'll still be happy because we're making a horse. You're going to Saturday racing at Belmont. You've got great fortune. Another first starter as well. This is another My Admiration uh, Colt, of course, a two-year-old. And William Pike on. You don't lose anything there. Not at all. No, William was happy with his trials. And same as any trial three weeks in a row is my Rani. And that middle trial is the one that, that looks average because it was a very, very heavy track. Um, same again, these admirations, they're, they're, they're not quick learners. You know, you don't see many jump and run. So uh, he's another one that he really excites me, though. I think he'll love the wet, being out of a Blackfriars mare. And um, I look forward to in the 1400 as well. So we're not mucking around with the thousands. We'll just let him find his feet and come down the outside. Ah, nice. All right. There's a bit of confidence there from Brock Luthwaite. How many uh, you've uh, got going around, mate? How many horses in the stable? I'm just starting to get up. I keep hurting myself. I've had I've had 12 months of injuries. Mm. Uh, just had three. They say it comes in three. So I did my ACL, then I broke my arm, and then I did my back. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's out of the way. I'm sitting on about 15, but I got I got room to go up another 10. And um, it's not too hot now, so I don't mind working all day. So I'm uh, hoping I can stay healthy, and I can get the get the numbers back up in the next couple of weeks. Ah, uh, good on you, mate. Well, you're a good man. Appreciate your time. Good luck down there at Pinjarra. Wear your galoshes and good luck on Saturday. Sounds like you've got some horses with some upside. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen. Good on you. There he is there, Brock Luthwaite joining us. Of course, uh, he's got a couple of running down there. Yeah, he's famous for his colours, the white with the green uh, armbands as well. He's a good man. He's a good trainer. And as you heard there, he's still got room for a few more. So if you need a horse trained, he's your man, Brock Luthwaite there, right there. Trains out at Serpentine. This is the Sporting Goss. Don't forget, always gamble responsibly. Latrell's got it. They can't go with him. Now they're just giving him the ball. And Latrell's dancing. We're dancing. Watch out, Brisbane, because here we come. There's Cleary dummies. Skip through. Tedesco on the inside. This will be 50. This will be 50. Go, Teddy. Dummy. Oh! Oh! (laughs) Flicked it to Tommy T. He dummied the flick to Teddy. And then he flicked it to Tommy T. Hit him on the chest. They scored a try. New South Wales will get 50. Um, Who cares how many people are here? They're all going home disappointed. They're awful, Queensland. 
<laughs> there it is. That's the NRL Nation call. That was the Blues call, the lopsided New South Wales call. And they certainly did a job on Queensland, game one of the State of Origin. Did you watch it? Let us know, 13 12 55 or 0487 736 736. This morning on Gary and Tim, Jordan Lewis does a regular segment on a Thursday after 8 o'clock. He had a lot to say about the situation in regards to the Collingwood position and that of Hawthorne. And Jordan Lewis, ex-teammate of Sam Mitchell, who spent a couple of years here in WA as a player and assistant coach. Jordan Lewis had this to say about whether Sam Mitchell is ready to coach a team in his own right. For me, if, if they were to come to me and, and asked, asked would, you, um, would you say Sam Mitchell is ready to coach, I would say yes. That, that would be my answer. I, I think he's at that stage now where he, he had an unbelievable playing career. He was like a coach during his playing days. He then goes over to West Coast. Uh, they make a grand final. He's, in, he's influential in, in that happening and then comes back and coaches under Alastair Clarkson. And now he's gone and coached his own side. So I think that's, that's a box you need to, you need to tick. That is Jordan Lewis. On Waitley this morning, Malcolm Blight, of course, who's been through the coaching mill, uh, I think, four times, to be honest. He basically said uh, life after coaching for Nathan Buckley will be something that he'll take a while for him to get his head around. A cautionary tale for anyone that's been in a role where they've been like that. The, the, the interesting thing is now, if, if he doesn't coach again, when, either if you're a player or a commentator, right, not a coach, an observationist, if you can understand what I'm saying there. Any player is only an observationist. Any commentator, we all observe stuff. As a coach, you're a decision maker. So actually, people seek you out. You don't have to initiate anything. It is a different life Nathan Buckley is about to learn about. It becomes a bit hollow when you first walk out the role. No one cares deep, deep down what you think, they're going to think about what Robbie Harvey thinks about the Collingwood Football Club. It is a realistic approach to everything. And uh, hopefully, I know Nathan is a realist, he'll, he'll overcome it. But it is, it is a hollow, 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 empty, empty, empty. And I can't stress it enough. And I have seen it affect a lot of people. Malcolm Blight, pretty candid stuff on Waitley this morning. Phoenix, 111, Denver, 91. That game is, in fact, 114-91 now, the margin 23 with three minutes to go. Game two, Phoenix lead the series 1-0 in the NBA. Rafa Nadal's French Open set streak is over. His pursuit of a record-breaking 21st Grand Slam title, including 14 at Roland Garros, remains very much intact. Nadal shrugged off, dropping a set in Paris for the first time in two years. Regain control of Wednesday en route to a 6-3-4-6-6-4-6 love win over the 10th seed Diego Schwartzman to reach the semi-finals at the Clay Court Major for a record-extending 14th time after taking the last nine games against Schwartzman. Number three seed Nadal will play Friday semi-final against the number one seed, world number one Novak Djokovic, which is a rematch of last year's final. And some news that will affect our rugby union fans here in Perth. Rugby Union fans around Australia and New Zealand can now snap up those tickets to Perth's Bledisloe Cup on August 21 at Optus Stadium. Perth will host the only Bledisloe Cup on Australian soil this year with the other two matches slated for Auckland and Wellington. This will be the first time the Wallabies have played at Optus since their record-breaking Bledisloe Cup win in 2019 in front of 61,000 fans. I was here at that game and it was next-level brilliant. We'll go to the break. Tommy Turbo became the first player in State of Origin history 
to score two hat-tricks. Of course, Tommy Turbo did the job as part of the New South Wales 50 points to six win. And this is how the NRL Nation crew called Tommy Trebojevic's hat-trick in last night's Start of Origin 1. Damien Cook goes wide. Here's Cleary out the back to Tommy Turbo. Tommy, Tommy Turbo. He gets the first try in state of origin number one. He's been on fire, the Turbo. It's only fitting. He puts the cave on. He comes out of the booth and Superman turns up to origin. And the man from your club, Matty Ballon, strikes first. <laughs> Here we go. New South Wales, Latrell Mitchell. Latrell Mitchell looking for two. Luai. He gets it to Latrell. He finds Tommy Turbo. And Tommy Turbo. He slides under the post for number two. Another one on the back. These centres for New South Wales are carving up Queensland. Cleary, another break. Cleary's got Tedesco. It's Tedesco's time now. Teddy, he weaves inside and out of dummies. Here's Tommy Turbo. Here's the hat trick. And here's the man of the match, I think, Tommy Turbo. He scores. It was Cleary. It was Teddy. It was Turbo. Adrian Fletcher, that was the answer to the Who Am I? Play with four clubs, five team names because the Brisbane Lions were the Brisbane Bears. Played with them. Played with Geelong, played with St Kilda, played with the Brisbane and played with the Fremantle Dockers and ended up here in WA. Good fella, Fletch. Really good fella, Adrian Fletcher. So that was the congratulations to the made guy and to Moa Man who double dipped the chipper several times. And the made guy's got two out of two. But there's no prize. It's the best competition on Perth Radio, you know, with no prize. But the people just, they, they just rejoice. They just rejoice. I just found a bloke who's been um, being nasty to me on social media and his Facebook um, spelling of his name is different to his, his Twitter name, but I, it's the same bloke. Yeah. Grow some guts, mate. Seem more... Seem more courage in a donut. 13, 12, 55. 13, 12, 55. I'm going to start outing people for being nasty. Chris, is that okay? Clafurnus? Can I start? No? Yeah, thanks, Alex. Uh, 0487736736. So the button guy says yes. The producer rolled his eyes. No. Why, mate? You're scared what they're going to say? They're not listening, apparently. They don't listen, the Dockers fans. Not, 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 a lot of Dockers fans do, but not the ones that don't like me. No, we don't listen to SEN, but they follow SEN. And they follow everything we do. We love you. Come on, Frio fans. I reckon it uh, be a big game this week against the uh, Gold Coast Suns. Justin Longmuir, a real test of his coaching prowess, but I think he's a very good coach. They've got to keep Chera. Uh, Sarong is a superstar. We know Brayshaw is going to be the next captain after Nat Five calls it quits, and they just need some of their key personnel, of course. Don't forget, always on Derby. If you're listening to Gillian Goss tomorrow morning, hey, we've got Adam Simpson's going to join us. What about that? Simpson, eh? <laughs> He's going to join us. Uh, David Swallow's going to join us from the Gold Coast Suns. We'll be checking in with the Tigers. We'll be checking in with um, the Big Free Seven crew across the weekend. And Jamie Dwyer, hockey superstar extraordinaire, uh, Australian hockey genius, one of the world's greatest of all time, still very big uh, in the subcontinent is Jamie Dwyer. And Michelle Escobar is going to join us because uh, Optus have a lot to do with um, the world game, of course. So what, what are the what, – what games are they covering, Chris? What games are – all? yeah, I know that all of them, but that's no good, mate. Euro, that's right, Chris. 
Uh, don't just tell me we've got Michelle Escobar on. We, you've got to give us a reason why we've got her on, of course. Um, you think Michelle Escobar will predict that France will be the team to beat? Euro 2021, you can catch that vision on Optus. And Michelle Escobar is uh, going to be joining us as well. So massive show between, for me and Gillian Goss. Do you want to grab a microphone? I was just jumping in to say that I do think she'll say France is the team to beat. Why? Have you seen their side? So Paul Pogba described it as a PlayStation team. They've got an insane lineup. They're still got, I think, yeah, exactly. Alex knows what I'm talking about, our man over there in Melbourne pushing the buttons. They've got nine of the 11 players who won the World Cup a few years ago. So they're still as strong as ever. So who, who gets it now? And, and I don't want all the football mm. world game people to attack me because a public admission that I'm not au fait with the tournaments that are, I'm to, who's in Euro 2021? Uh, who goes in it? Well, there's plenty of teams, uh, European teams, European oh, nations. Are there only So Australia can't be in it? No. How, well, how come we can be in Eurovision? Well, that's an interesting question, well, isn't it? Well, see, that's why yeah. I'm a journalist and you're just... Singing competition, <laughs> elite football competitions. <laughs> you're, right, you're right. Well, we were in the Copa America as an invitational side. Really? Yeah, but then COVID hit, so we, yeah. we didn't get to do that. Okay. But, yeah, France have got an insane side. Kareem Benzema, Kylian Mbappe. Slow down. Slow down. Slow mm-hmm. down. So who are – Kareem Benzema who's from for? Real Madrid. Right, Real Madrid. He's been out of the side for a long what? time. How come in, he can't get a game? In French football. Well, the thing about French football is – You're telling me they're unbeatable is, and you're telling me he can't get a game. Hey, well, that's, that's how good they are. So they kind of shoot themselves in the foot a lot. They didn't do it at the last yeah. World Cup. They so managed why, so to – why are you and – Button boy, all of a sudden going, hallelujah, like the, their certainties. Well, they won the World Cup and they're... When was that? Uh, three years ago. Yeah, three yeah. years ago. A lot of water under the bridge in three still years. Got, as I said, still got nine of the 11 in that side, plus Benzema. They've had um, their team. problems in the past. They seemed they seem now to have gotten over those. Go through the team again. Kylian Mbappe. Antoine, uh, who does he play for? Chelsea? Uh, PSG. Did he play for Chelsea? Mbappe? No. Okay. No. Uh, he was just the, the guy who burst onto the scene at the World Cup. And I don't want people to attack me for not knowing everything I need to know because there's a lot of World Game fans that don't know anything about other sports as well. It's very true. Okay. But that's why, I, that's why I've allowed you to come into my studio, the Sporting Goss studio. Yeah. All right. I see your, your mug on the big screen there. Yeah, I know. Sporting Goss. Well, otherwise, you should be out there in your little hut putting the show together. Have you heard from Adam Simpson? Uh, no. Okay, keep going. No. Who's in this team? Simpson, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Antoine Griezmann, who, who is an elite uh, striker. Their front three yep. of uh, Mbappe, Benzema and Griezmann is just awesome. Frightening for uh, their opponents. Who's frightening play for? <laughs> very good from you. Very, very quick. Hugo Lloris Don't be quick. The, Don't be quick. We've got four minutes. That's is the why, goalkeeper. Okay. Uh, Hugo Lloris, the goalkeeper, of course, hasn't had the best season for Tottenham. Who? Uh, Hugo Lloris. Oh, yeah, I know him. That's mm-hmm. double L-O-R-I-S. Correct. That's Gilly's man. Uh, it is. Yeah, he loves him. He's a Spurs man, isn't he? He, he is, unfortunately. I'm a Portsmouth man. Uh, don't we know it? Uh, France, they are in the hardest group, though. Uh, group oh. F. Which oh, Group has F. Germany, yep. Portugal. Is Beckenbach still involved? I don't think he's still involved, no. Uh, who does um, uh, the um, ex-tennis player, Anna... Anna Konikova? No, Anna Ivanovic. Oh, yeah. She goes out. She's got a child with a soccer player. Who's the soccer player she's married uh, to? I don't, I don't, I don't keep, uh, keep across who's going out with who. Well, Except for Shakira, who goes oh, out. Oh, okay. So, oh, hang on, hang on. Gerard Piquet. So in Piquet. 
the gum. So, so in one conversation, you go, I don't care who goes out with who, except for Shakira, mate. Um, yeah, who Shakira, does she go Shakira. With? Anna Ivanovic goes out with a soccer player, Bastian Top. Schweinsteiger. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Hey, so hey. Up here for thinking, down there for dancing. You think I don't know anything about the game, but I knew she went out with the. How is that knowing about the game? Well, I know that he's a soccer player. <laughs> well, that's true. And he's a good player. Does he still play? Uh, no, he retired. What? Yeah. How long has he been out of the game? One of the best, not long, but one of the best names in world football as Schweinsteiger. well. Schweinsteiger. Schweinsteiger. Okay, mate. Okay. Yeah, like, I can't help it. You be have careful to do it. how you say it because there'll be people out there in the community who get offended by false accusations of uh, false interpretations. I think I've nailed his name there. Uh, <laughs> Portugal and Hungary also in that group. Italy, they're probably oh, going to be a, a tricky see? team to this is beat my as team. well. Um, Roberto Mancini, former Man he's still City going around. manager. He's, oh, no, he's the coach. He's coaching <laughs> at, uh, he's at playing. City now. Uh, Italy, I should say now. So they're looking quite good. Uh, England are the team that I think a lot of Aussies they can't like win. to watch. No, we don't. A lot they're of expats no good. They've been no good for years. Over here. Um, Chris Alert barracks for them. You yeah, know who Chris well, Alert is? No. He's the guy who goes by the name of Chris Alert with a K and then Chris Alert with a C on various <laughs> forms of socials while he's attacking right. me. Come on, Chris. <laughs> Left. Come on, Chris. Uh, It'll ha- get back. Hello to you. He's in Northern. Harry Kane, of course, in the side there. Um, Phil Foden and Jaden Sancho. See, I know Foden. I Foden. He's a good player. Good man, City boy. Wrap this up, mate, because the news is coming up. All right. Um, Harry Maguire in a race to be fit, though, the defender, but that isn't really too much of an issue. He's not that good. He's man you, isn't he? Uh, He is, yeah. Jaden Sancho is the one to look out for, I think. Okay, we'll look out for him. And Bakary. So is that why Michelle Escobar is coming on tomorrow? Bakaya Saka. Watch out for him. Enough now. Watch him. Leave the studio. He's elite. Yeah, Michelle will be all over it. Don't forget tomorrow, Gillian Goss, Adam Simpson's going to be on the show. Simpson, eh? Took you a while. We got there in the end. Six to eight. Thanks for all the fun today. Well done to all our guests. Well done for you for listening to us and thank you for your interaction. It's always welcome. Thanks to Special K, best producer in the business, and Alex for pushing the buttons. Does a great job. Don't forget, Peter V. Peter Lajos with Drive from Five. This is Sporting Goss. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.